Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, 15 to 18, and 24 to 28a. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or families. This week, we begin a new series of Faith Connections Bible study lessons called The Message of Ezekiel. To start, however, I want to back up to a prophecy given by Jeremiah regarding the nation of Judah. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11. There, Jeremiah prophesied, This whole country, that is Judah, will become a desolate wasteland, and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. This prophecy of Jeremiah began to be fulfilled in five. 97 BC, when the first exiles were moved from Jerusalem to Babylon and was fully fulfilled in 586 BC when the city of Jerusalem was completely destroyed. As we begin this new study, let's look quickly at the history surrounding Judah's exile. Because Judah had turned away from worshiping Yahweh alone, God brought judgment on the nation. Around 600 BC, the Babylonian Empire, under the powerful leadership of Nebuchadnezzar II, brought the kingdom of Judah and its capital, Jerusalem, under imperial control. Soon after this control began, Judah joined a regional rebellion against the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar came against Jerusalem and the king uh, of, Jude of Judah, whose name was Jehoiachin. On March 15th or 16th, 597 BC, the Babylonians took Jerusalem. They did not destroy the city at that time. That would come 11 years later. Instead, they exiled Jehoiachin, king of Judah, along with many of Jerusalem's religious, political, and social leaders to Babylon, some 900 miles away from home. King Nebuchadnezzar set up a puppet king in Jerusalem named Zedekiah to serve as a vassal to the conquering nation of Babylon. In that original group of exiled Judeans was a priest in training named Ezekiel. Ezekiel was 25 years old when he was exiled to Babylon. After five years as a refugee in Babylon, God called Ezekiel to be a prophet or spokesperson to his fellow exiles. His prophecies recorded in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel will be the focus of our lessons for the next seven weeks. The book of Ezekiel is filled with disaster and survival, trauma and hope, and the presence of a holy God in the midst of it all. Ezekiel chapter one through 23 mostly contain messages of judgment, 
especially on those who remain in Jerusalem after 597 BC. Chapters 23 to 20, uh, 33 report the final Babylonian siege and capture of, capture of Jerusalem that occurred in 587 and 586 BC, approximately 11 years after Ezekiel had been exiled. At that time, Jerusalem was devastated and destroyed. The temple was completely leveled. Masses of homes were destroyed. The city walls were flattened. The casualties were everywhere. The people who survived, as you can imagine, were in great trauma. Chapters 33 to 48 of Ezekiel mostly contain messages of restoration and hope for the future. Ezekiel's message is ultimately a theological response to Israel's trauma. Through it all, from judgment to restoration, God's holy presence was guiding the action. Ezekiel placed the tragic events of destruction and exile into a larger plot, plot line defined in terms of God's holiness and God's intention to reestablish that holiness in the world through a renewed people. About the book of Ezekiel, John Wesley said, there is much in this book which is very mysterious. But he also heralded Ezekiel as a crucial voice for the theology of holiness, even naming Ezekiel 36 verses 25 to 38 as one of the clearest portraits of sanctification in the Old Testament. In chapters 1 through 3 of Ezekiel, which we'll look at this week and next, Ezekiel sees God's presence, or his glory, appear among the exiles in Babylon, and he receives his call and commissioning to be a prophet from the Most High God. With that background, let's begin reading today with Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, 15 to 18, and verses 24 to 28a. In my 13th year, in my 30th year, in the fourth month of the fifth day, while I was among the exiles by the Kibar River, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, by the Kibar River in the land of the Babylonians. There, the hand of the Lord was on him. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and, sur and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf, and gleamed like burn, uh, burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings 
of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. And then skipping down to verse 15. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome and all four rims were full of eyes all around. And then skipping down to verse 24. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. There came a voice from above the vault over their heads as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault over their heads was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli. Uh, and high above the throne was a figure like that of a man. I saw that from, from what appeared to be his waist up looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. As the writing of Ezekiel begins, Ezekiel discovered that the God of Israel was not bound to the temple in Jerusalem. I can imagine that Ezekiel, whose lifelong plan was to be a priest in Jerusalem at the temple, would have expected that God would show up in his glory in the temple. In fact, in Ezekiel's time, prophets often camped out in the temple of their gods in order to receive a divine message. This was not an option for Ezekiel. He was far from Jerusalem in a foreign land. But there in Babylon, God came to this would-be priest. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1 begins in the first person. Ezekiel revealed that he was 30 years old living among the fellow exiles near the Kibar River, when the heavens opened and he saw visions of God. Many of Ezekiel's messages that we will study in the, in the coming weeks are dated to the day. Correlating dates in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles and with the Babylonian records, we can convert most of Ezekiel's dates into our own present dating system in the Gregorian calendar. From the clues here and elsewhere, scholars suggest that this vision came to Ezekiel on July 31st, 593 BC. King Jehoiachin and other Judeans, including Ezekiel, had been in exile for five years, according to verse 2. Jehoiachin remained for years in pr a prisoner in Babylon, but Ezekiel and many other exiles were settled along the Kibar River near the city of Nippur. Visions were a common means of God's prophetic message. 
It seems fitting that the first visions Ezekiel had were visions of God. Then he would be prepared to receive specific oracles for delivery to his fellow exiles. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 3 says, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel and the hand of the Lord was on him. Both of these statements are strong indicators that God had chosen Ezekiel as his prophet and that his message was authentically from God. It would be good for us to acknowledge here that God is not afraid or unable to come to us in difficult places. He shows up when and where he wants to. And it is often in difficult places like the Babylonian exile would have been for Ezekiel. Had Ezekiel been able to continue his priestly education in Jerusalem, this year, his, 30, uh, his 30th year, would have been the year of his induction into the priesthood. Ezekiel was literally a priest without a temple, and God came to him in Babylon. Maybe you have felt displaced, unappreciated, without a home or family. God sees us where we are. God's presence can and will draw near to us if we will just be attentive to him. Like many priests and prophets of his time, Ezekiel might have imagined that God would reveal himself in a temple, or perhaps, as other, others thought, God would come through quiet contemplation in a desert retreat, or maybe like Moses, God would reveal himself on a mountain or through a burning bush. When I was serving as a missionary in Ukraine, I remember one day sharing a meal with a Ukrainian young man named Bogdan in a local cafe. God was working on Bogdan's heart, and he was open. I shared the good news with Bogdan that day and asked him, would you like to repent and ask Jesus into your heart right now? He looked at me and said, here in this restaurant? Many Ukrainians grow up thinking that you must meet God in a church building. Three days later, to the glory of God, Bogdan repented and believed the good news. Now, five years later, Bogdan and I still meet over video chat, and God's presence meets us across the miles and through the internet. In Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4, we see that God came from within a windstorm. The windstorm was filled with spectacular and surreal images. Ezekiel does, not, uh, does his best to describe what he saw, but it was not easy to use human words. Verse 4 describes an immense cloud featuring a brilliant light show. Four times in the next six verses, Ezekiel uses a simile, a figure of speech using the words like or as, to help him describe what in practical ways was indescribable. He simply struggled to record what he was seeing. The riveting phenomena of the cloud the flames, the fire, and the glowing metal were not for their own sake, but for drawing Israel's attention to the forms within. In Ezekiel uh, chapter 1, verse 5, Ezekiel begins to describe four living creatures. While he struggles to explain their appearance, we know for sure they have an appearance like a human, verse 5, but they're not human. 
Each creature in Ezekiel's vision has four faces, according to verse 6. In verse 10, we learn that their faces included that of a human, a lion, an ox, and an eagle, each representing the Lord of their domain. The lion is the king of the beasts. The ox is the strongest domestic animal. The eagle is the most dominant among birds, and the human is the crown of creation. The four creatures had four wings, making three-dimensional mobility possible. The wings generated both power and sound, according to verse 24. These four creatures were facing outward from an, uh, from an inner square, wingtip touching wingtip at each corner of the square. A picture with me, a creature facing this direction with wings outstretched, one facing this direction with wings outstretched, one facing this direction with wings outstretched, and one facing this direction with wings outstretched. The arrangement allowed each creature to go straight ahead in the direction it faced when, it when its turn came to lead their movement. Under the wings were, like, were hands like that of a human, according to verse 8, and feet like a calf, verse 7. Ezekiel's description in verses 15 to 18 of the wheels within wheels is one of the most recognized but least understood passages of Hebrew prophecy. The four wheels appeared to be near each of the four four creatures, verse 15. The wheels were obviously an effective means of movement for this structure when it was on the ground. While the wheels were not made of topaz, they sparkled like topaz, another simile. The description is given of a wheel intersecting a wheel, verse 16. The idea is that you would have a wheel here and a wheel going this way as well, a wheel intersecting a wheel. Interestingly, Ezekiel 1.18 states that all four rims of the wheels were full of eyes all around. Eyes represented seeing and understanding in scripture. So this description of eyes all around is thought by some to represent God's ability to see and understand everything and everyone. We should know from this description that nothing about our lives goes unnoticed by God. He sees us in our unexpected circumstances. We also should know that no force in our world is greater than God. He remains dominant no matter what the circumstances may look like. We should also know that no one and no thing can restrict God's movement. The infinitely creative Lord of the universe has no restrictions on how or when he might reveal himself. We can empathize with Ezekiel as we acknowledge that without using a metaphor or a simile, we would be left without the capacity to think and speak about God. Metaphor was and is indispensable to any finite human understanding of the nature and character of the infinite God. And like Ezekiel, we must remain attentive. 
our preconceived notions of how God might show up may be shattered, but God will make himself known to us anytime and anywhere he decides to do so. Many of us today are praying for revival in our country and around the world. It is exciting, exhilarating to think of how and where God might show up at any moment among us. Above all the sights and the sounds of the creatures, a voice came, according to verse 25, that commanded Ezekiel's attention upward from the four living creatures and their vehicle. There seems to be a vault of some kind that was over the four living creatures. On the top of the vault was a dazzling throne made of precious gemstone. The throne was made of lapsus lazuli, a deep blue gemstone that artists cut and polish to make jewelry or, or other ornamental items. The Hebrew term sapir is more often translated sapphire in other English translations. Ezekiel saw God sitting on this throne. God appeared as a figure like that of a man, verse 26, yet he glowed like hot metal in a furnace full of fire and brilliant light surrounded him. Reading this description in Ezekiel chapter one, I'm reminded of the transfiguration of Jesus in Matthew 17, verse two. His face, the scripture says, shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. The vision Ezekiel had was breathtaking, heart-stopping, and mind-blowing. The vision overwhelmed the prophet. According to verse 28, Ezekiel fell face down. I remember traveling to Washington, D.C. on October 4, 1997 for Promise Keepers Million Man March on the National Mall. One of the speakers asked a question to the million men who spread out as far as the eye could see. He asked, if Jesus were to show up here right now in the flesh, what would you do? As some undoubtedly thought about cheering, singing, reaching out for a touch, the speaker suggested that the most appropriate response was to fall on our faces before him. The vision of Ezekiel would have frightened all of us. However, the point of this vision was not so much that what Ezekiel saw, but what God, the fact that God saw Ezekiel. From high upon his throne, God saw everything. God saw a confused and disappointed prophet in a refugee camp far from home. Though God sat above all the mess of human life, he came down into that mess. God met Ezekiel where he was. Regardless of where we may find ourselves today, God remains on the throne of the universe. High above the confusion of this world, its troubles, its traumas, its disappointments, and its sorrows, God still remains supreme. He reigns supreme. He is not an unconcerned leader like we might see on earth. God comes down and speaks to us in difficult places and in unexpected spaces. God, who is above everything, can also be where you are today. 
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts.